Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rempel. And I'm Carl Edwards. Thanks for being with us today. Check us out on the website at boldenterprises.com. Carl, today we're continuing our series on workplace culture, and particularly we're concentrating on practices today. Exactly. So we're trying to look at the whole, see how we ended up with work turning out the way it did here. Why is it so stressful? Why is it so low key? Why is it not working for us? And so looked at our values. Now we're going to look at you know, how we actually do things, how we've set things up. All right. Well, let's get right to it. It's really interesting because people say, oh man, it's just so competitive where I am. And I wish I was someplace where we could work together and help each other. You know, if one of my connections was actually good for an associate's product. I'd love to be able to refer him over, but then the sales go on his record instead of mine, and he'll get the bonus at the end of the year, and so I'm not going to share at all. Well, that's a great example of how you ended up competing with someone on your own team without even intending to. And the practice there that we want to point to is how you structured, in that example, how you structured your compensation system. How you reward sales or how you reward excellence and people getting ahead. And the structure itself results in a competitive working environment. So we want to be able to attend to that. If that works better for us financially, then we just have to be upfront that this is kind of a competitive working culture here. If it's not what we intend, if we really want our offices or our divisions helping each other, then we might have to take a second look at our practice of how we've structured our compensation system so that we actually reward the helping each other and the passing on connections. And maybe an uh, office would get, at least in the budgeting and the measuring, you know, 25 to 50% of the credit of what revenue came in from that referral that for doing it. And they would actually be rewarded in the compensation system or exhibiting the behavior you wanted them to have, the collaborative behavior. And I think this is such an area of disappointment for people where values and practices don't line up in a workplace. So for instance, I just hear so many people saying, they say they value people, yet X, you know, the company does this, or the boss does this in practice that doesn't line up with this value that they're constantly sort of telling us. So it just seems hypocritical. It makes people so unhappy in the workplace. Exactly why we're pointing to this triad, shall we call it, of values, practices, and atmosphere. There's there's three components to what goes toward making this ethos or this place everyone comes to every day. And practices is where it hits the ground. It's where it flushes itself out, how you lay out your offices. It's how you structure your day. It's how you schedule people's time. It's how you organize your teams and your organizational chart. And those inconsistencies happen when we don't hold those values and practices together. And so supervisors do think they can say, with all sincerity, I value people, and then switch subjects over to the organizational charts and, you know, give one whole level of people no voice in the company at all. And it doesn't bother them one bit. Because they're not conscious. They're not thinking. They don't see that those are actually intimately connected. And people... I oh, are so good at this, and we've discussed this so often before. They're excellent at sniffing out techniquing. Oh, yeah. By spending a lot of money on one single feel-good retreat during the year and get everybody to give their ideas and then act on none of them. promise you right now everyone's going to enjoy that retreat knowing full well you're not going to act on any of it. There's no fooling your team. So what we want to do, again, is learn to recognize these things. We're, we're skilled to just have our eyes open. And when pain comes along and something's not working for us, we just start 
talking to each other and thinking things through differently. You know, you want to team and be more collaborative. You got to get ideas out on the table and people aren't sharing their ideas. And, you know, one thing might just be because everybody's got private offices with large wooden doors and works very independently and in isolation. How you have your office set up has actually contributed to creating a place where it's not very easy to talk to each other. You know, you and I used to work somewhere where there was a, offices were lined up along a long hallway. And so the team members at either end of the hallway, just by that layout, it was so difficult for them you know, to walk all the way down the hall to chat about anything. Whereas if it was in a circle and they just, you just stepped out and you were right next to almost everyone, there'd be a lot more chatting. So office layout can be part of that. I'm thinking too of what you mentioned with schedule and maybe you're trying to create a teamwork environment, but people have different schedules and are not in the office at the same time. They come and go as they please. That's not conducive to an environment where people are going to collaborate. Exactly. So the issue is not putting out there that there's one kind of schedule that makes for a healthy workplace culture. Everybody starts at the same time, takes their breaks at the same time, and goes home at the same time. Not at all. But for certain things you're trying to accomplish, like if you have a store that opens at a certain time, it's crucial that your staff be there well before that and have everything set up and be present and available at that time. That's absolutely core. So the practice would be to have a starting time that they it was absolutely mandatory. It was core to the job description. You have a writing position and that's structured around publication deadlines, then it's really not that important to you how much writing is done on Monday versus Tuesday versus at 8 a.m. versus at 6 p.m. So creating a schedule structure where that writer has more latitude of when they sit down and concentrate, what they do at home and what they do at the office, doesn't matter. You might want to give them discretion over that so that the morning writer can get up at six and put in a couple good hours and your night person writer who doesn't even really wake up until 11 or 12 at night can come alive and focus then. Again, you're just being intentional about how you structure something like schedule. And, you know, for those skeptics out there, these are sound business practices. You want practices and values that line up so that you where healthy workplaces mean productive, thriving businesses. When we say we're promoting health, we are not promoting it as some kind of abstract moral value we'd like to see in more workplaces. We're saying it works totally consistently with what every business has to be about, which is making money. It's our culture. That's the system. That's what works well. That's what leads to efficiency. That's what helps people determine where they're going to work, where they're going to stay. It's, uh, it's core. And yes, we don't want to ever work against that for some other cause, however great. So we've started with helping our listeners identify some of the values of their workplaces. How would you say just they try to identify some of the practices that are contributing or not contributing to these values? Well, working with pain, I call it finding where you're shooting yourself in the foot. So for example, if you want to make things happen and get, you've got all these creative people working for you and there's a lot of energy and on it. And so you want everybody contributing ideas, for example, and nobody contributes ideas. Well, you want to see what's cutting off the ideas. What's making that difficult? One example of a structure, a practice 
that cuts off ideas is having multiple levels of approval. You have a hierarchy where the office manager gets to give the idea uh, the yay or the nay, and then it goes to the department manager, then it goes to the division manager, and then it goes to the regional manager, and then the owner gets a final say on everything. It only takes one no, and if it takes more than one yes, the odds are that no idea is going to go forward. And when it takes five or six yeses, it's almost impossible for a new idea to be seen by that, especially new ideas. It's new because only one person saw it, and it's coming into the system. So all new ideas are going to be suspect and risky. So multiple layers of approval is a practice that works against what you said you really wanted out of your team, which was more contributing their creative ideas. You're not getting the results you want. I wanted more engagement and everyone still just sits there all day and I have to scream and yell to get them to work hard. There's something going on where it actually pays off not to do your job. So if you do your job and you get seen as being effective, maybe in that company you get more to do. And oh, you're seen as the only competent person and the only one who cares. So you get everything. So you, some Workplace cultures, it becomes counterproductive to stand out as a quality employee and because you get, you get all the problems. Well, uh, next week we'll be talking about atmosphere. Atmosphere, that'll be our toughest because that's not as concrete as practices and it's not as clear to articulate as something that you value. But ultimately, and bear with us, listener, we're leading towards really our own involvement in the workplace culture. That we become the architects, the co-designers of where we go and contribute every day. And that's not necessarily from a position of complete power. No. And we'll get to that at our last one. I'm excited about that. I am too. Well, thanks for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at boldenterprises.com and join us next week for the continuation of our series. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.